You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Mean Old Lion Media, where black and brown voices truly matter. this Wednesday. Welcome, welcome. I'm Dr. LaJoyce Brookshire, and thank you for joining me here on Ask the Good Doctor. I am here to help you attain, maintain, and reclaim your perfect health. And we do that via the mind, body, and spirit, and issues which affect the human condition. And that is what we are going to discuss today. I have a wonderful guest for you. So get settled in, like, comment, subscribe, and share. Join me on Instagram and Facebook at Ask the Good Doctor and on Twitter at Ask the Good Doc. You know, I love it when you engage with me. Up next, we have an amazing guest joining us today. She's been here before and it's been a while, but boy, has she been busy. I am so glad to have her back. She is an amazing educator, an academician, and I will let her tell you the rest. Welcome, Dr. Shay Butler. Thank you, Dr. LaJoyce. It is such a pleasure to be back. I see you have been busy too. <laughs> Indeed, we have been. Yes. Dr. Shea is celebrating the release of her new book. It yes. is called Better Not Perfect From Hot Mess to Life Success A Woman's Guide to Learning, Loving, and being herself unapologetically. Oh my gosh, that just makes my heart sing. Thank you for writing this book. Thank you for joining us. Let's get right into it. Unpack that title. It's a mouthful. Yes, 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 it is. So I was on this um, killer drive for perfection. Um, mm. There were some things that happened early in my life that that stayed with me to the point that I grew up feeling a lot of shame, uh, a lot of negative self-talk. There were circumstances that happened that, you know, where I was looked down upon and put upon. And so as such, my response to that was to say, never again, never mm -hmm. will I give anybody reason to talk down to me, to mistreat me, to denigrate me. And so to do that, I turn inward and say, so I'm going to be perfect. I'm just going to try to do everything so perfectly so that no one will have the opportunity to criticize me again. How did that work out? Oh, <laughs> well, you, gotta, you really want to know, read the book. But I will tell you some things. It did not work out at all. Mm. I, I, I turned inward and it built up so much anxiety, so much stress negativity, depression, acting out, um, in mm. some ways making matters worse. Yes. And all because I was, you know, just been on this life quest of people, please, so that people mm -hmm. would criticize, you know? Oh. You know, that is an amazing revelation for you to come to the discovery that this is what you were doing 
on this treadmill to people, please. Your bio says that you were pregnant at 13, had a baby at 14, a college student at 16, dismissed from college at 18, and a graduate, a college graduate at 23. Yes, yes. I mean, if you want to talk about the highs and lows of life, all before 25, it was a roller coaster of up, down, up, down, up, down. Uh <laughs> First of all, I just want to talk about when you say shame, was part of the shame you experienced because you were pregnant as a teenager? It was. It was. You know, I grew up in a very, very uh, faith-filled home. That was also very religious. And um, there was a lot of orthodoxy. Um, I grew up uh, in, in a very conservative Christian household where I couldn't wear pants. I couldn't wear jewelry. I couldn't wear makeup. It, skirts had to be below the knee. Um, shirts had to be below the elbow. And so this this was me in high school looking like, a, I don't know, a Puritan Plymouth, you know, <laughs> rock just arrived, you know, and it, it, it's, you know, it, it, it's funny. I can laugh at it now, but, yes. you know, just this being out of place, not fitting in in my dress and attire. Anytime I left my church building, of course, in my church building, I fit right in. But in the world itself, I was an oddity. And I think so that that played uh, that really impacted me as a young person who wanted desperately just to have friends and fit in and be, quote unquote, normal. Well, what about your church friends? Oh, my church friends. Mm. There were a group of girls that I hung out with at church. Um, and, um, you know, I will say, Dr. Dr. LaJoyce, for some in the audience who may feel or have experienced something similar, I think I lived a lifetime not really fitting in. It was just always something different about me that even when in crowds, I, I, you know, for some reason, I just didn't fit. And I couldn't understand why. And I wanted so desperately to fit. And it wasn't until I got older and really came into myself that you asked me about the book title, yes. um, the learning myself so I could love myself so that I could be myself unapologetically. It started at a very young age because I didn't know who I was. Mm. So it was hard to fit when you didn't know. It just didn't feel right when you were trying to be someone else just to fit into a group. Yeah. And I've always had that. I, I want to be me, but who am I? So um, it was this journey, <laughs> this journey at a very young age. And I think that that left me as an oddity in, with my church friends. And then, of course, when I got pregnant, well, every mother snatched their daughters away from me because, you know, I don't know if you know, I mean, you study healthcare. I'm sure you realize pregnancy is a communicable disease. <laughs> if you leave your daughters around other girls who, are fast and uh, get pregnant, then your daughter might wind up pregnant. So all those church friends, I pretty much lost. Oh yeah. my. Mm -hmm. And that's a very lonely road to walk as a teenager unto itself, let alone to do it alone. How many stories do we hear of those who don't even survive from that? They don't come back from it because of how they're treated and how they're judged. Right. Even more important to talk about now, where we just have young people um, killing themselves after being bullied at school, 
taking yeah. their lives into their own hands, you know, and 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 making a permanent decision over a temporary situation. And it is for that reason and for that purpose that I would say, you know, I'm blessed to have built up resiliency early in life. Yes. That when the worst happens to you at 13 or 14, and that really was the worst in, in my community, that was the one of the worst things that could happen to a young woman. Yes. Um, and when that has happened to you and you find yourself in that situation and you all of the the retribution or the actions that are taken against you. I mean, I would go to church and sometimes there would be sermons about teen pregnancy when I'm sitting in the back pew, seven months pregnant and everyone in the building knew who they were talking about. I mean, it was <laughs> so, so, so cool. this place where you go to be embraced and I'm not speaking against the church because the church no, is actually I'm where I later found wholeness, you know, was part of my journey in terms of healing and becoming better. But, um, you know, it was a different time, a different era. You know, those people, most of them are long gone. Um, yeah. How about that? Uh -huh. But yeah. This is the work that we like to amplify in things that help to repair the human condition mm. because souls are broken. Yes. Individuals are broken. Yes. And so when you say that you had this transformative experience, this healing of going from a hot mess to a life success, mm -hmm. please share some of the tangibles mm -hmm. with the audience who made themselves feel like their lives are a hot mess right now and have no other, see nothing at the end of the rainbow. Sure. I'll be happy to. So, you know, in this drive for perfection, you know, all the things we talked about previously, you know, there were other things that um, happened in my life that I was acting out on. So I don't want you to just think it was the teenage years, because sometimes we're more apt and willing to talk about those things that happened early in life that, that we were able to come back from. But there were things leading up into my adulthood. You know, one of the things I talk about in this book was this strong desire to be married and um, because I was coming up on this this benchmark that society puts on women of if you're not 30, you know, if you're not married by 30, there's something wrong with you. And yeah. And I was internalizing that craziness and um, and I was acting crazy because of it, because there were no prospects. And, and, and I was just couldn't figure out why I couldn't draw a good man to me when there was really no lived out goodness that I was really acting upon because that what was happening inside me was so negative. Mm. You know, I was desperate. I was afraid. I was, you know, um, negative self-talk, negative talk about the men around me, you know, so I couldn't, how can you draw positivity and love to you when you are acting out on negativity? So, okay. I want you to say that louder for the people in the back who probably okay. didn't hear <laughs> because the negative self-talk, mm -hmm. the things that we tell ourselves, mm -hmm. they affect us internally deeply. Yes. Yes. So I wanted love and my heart wasn't even in a position to give love because first of all, I wasn't loving myself. So how could I love, love someone else? How did you flip? Oh, how did I flip? So I've part, this is where my faith journey came back in. Okay. Um, I came to the age of 30, 
31. And I realized I say in the book, I didn't turn into a pillar of salt like the biblical figure Lot's wife when 30 had come and gone. And I said to myself, now, listen, if love never comes, okay, if external love never comes, you know, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? Do you want to find some happiness? Do you want to find mm. some peace? Mm. You live better than you're living. You know, wow. hasn't God called you to do something? You know, some yeah, something, some things. I, I mean, I had to have that real heart to heart conversation with myself. First of all, I saw more. I saw single women who were thriving and had good lives and good jobs and good careers and seemed happy and complete. And, and I said, well, OK, they're making it happen. So maybe I can make it happen. And I stopped looking at, you know, what I wanted and, and start looking at um, what God had in store for me, what, mm. what my purpose would be at this point in my life. Asked myself some really hard questions and got myself some help. Okay. And got myself some help. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. So that helped um, for me um, finding a, a different type of church community faith community where God was less judgmental, but um, really more loving. And oh, more I mean, the pastor was less judgmental. Oh, well, let's not leave it at him. Let's leave it oh. to the pews. The pews can be, you know, a little judgmental too. But yes, the pastor was less judgmental. The congregation was less judgmental. And it, and, and it was sent, faith centered around love. Oh. Love, love always wins, doesn't it? Love always wins. Yes, yes. And so that really helped me at that point in my life. And later I included other things like therapy and mentorship. Um, I did actually include mentorship around that time too. Um, but, you know, it led to the good things that later came my way. Because when I stopped being so desperate, so afraid, so angry, so stressed, started to find positive self-talk started to begin the journey of lear learning myself and loving myself and actually being myself, guess what? Love came. You know, love came in the form of a husband, you know, and um, started out a boyfriend and then, you know, through the evolution of, of, of dating and, you know, we, we landed at that space. And there's a whole story about that in the book. That um, Oh, I can't wait to read it. I, I want to say this that you said something really pivotal, pivotal. You stopped being desperate. Yeah. Yep. Speak to desperation mm. and what it may drive you toward. Mm. Well, in my case, desperation drove me to dating beneath my calling, dating mm. beneath myself. You know, um, I started to do this and maybe some women can relate to this. Maybe some people can relate to this. Some negotiating, you know, maybe I won't marry for love. Maybe I'll just marry for comfort, you know, uh, you know, maybe I'll go with likability, 
maybe I'll marry a friend that I can just bust out a couple kids with and call it a life. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> you know, it just started this negotiating. You I know, know maybe maybe he does, I don't have to love him, but he, if he's got material wealth and you know can keep me stable, that's. But I knew in my heart that's not what I wanted. But desperation caused me to start this self-negotiating about what I might settle for if, if love didn't show up. So that's yes. one. And then I started to contort myself into whatever you needed me to be, whoever you were. Ah. So if you needed me, if you were looking for a soft-spoken, you know, a woman who didn't cause you, you know, who didn't really, you know, speak up and, and would just sort of clean your, you know, take care of your kids and clean your house and be, or if you were looking for an ambitious woman who really wanted to be driven in her career and, and, and she was going to be sort of a, a, not really a wife, but really some type of corporate merger kind of deal, then I could be that woman too. And, and so if you needed a real pious religious woman, well, you know, I could be that too. So I was trying on all these roles, right? You know, whoever you I was dating and sitting across from, would he, I'm trying because I'm a sometimes a real good reader. People, so let me see what he, what's he what's he looking for? What's his? And then I find myself, but you know what? That never lasts because yeah. who you are is going to ultimately come out. <laughs> it's going to ultimately come out, and then you wonder after two minutes with you, and he realized you're not as soft spoken. As you were trying to be, and you really not interested in being a housewife. Nothing wrong with being a housewife, but that's just not what I'm called to, you know. Um, then of course they're gonna go out and find the real deal because that's what they want, and rightfully so. Right. And rightfully so. That's true. And I'm sure that at some point you found yourself exhausted oh. trying wearing all of these other masks that yep. did not belong to you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And as such, I couldn't find the man that belonged to me because. (laughs) (laughs) But I released those that belong to others. And that's more important. (laughs) Good. Yes. Throw them back. (laughs) Toss them back. I'm curious about your educational journey. Yes. Yes. With a child. Mm -hmm. At 13, you managed all of these high accolades and honors in education. How did you do it? Oh, my mom. You know, my dad always valued education. He he achieved a bachelor's degree. My mom never finished college, but she was the wisest woman I knew on the planet. She really valued education. And so um, when I got pregnant, uh, she, I had to leave my high school, my Catholic high school, because you can't be pregnant in Catholic high school back not then. Catholic high school. Right. Not back then. And I'm um, not sure about now, but not back then. And so I left and she put me in an alternative school for teen girls, uh, for teen moms, and um, which was great because I didn't miss a beat. Uh, I stayed on track. Uh, I'd been skipped in middle school. That was back to that perfection thing, you know, always trying to get good grades and and so I graduated high school early, um, started college at 16, as you know, as you said, failed out at eight, uh, 18. But I uh, went on to community. Wait, wait, I paused. You said you failed out. Oh, I failed out. Oh, I fell flat on my face. And, and you know, <laughs> I did because, you know what, wasn't focused. You know, um, 
took a pause on that perfection thing uh -huh. and um, just wanted to loosen up and have fun. I had just come out of, quote unquote, my come out from under my mother's rules. And so I went through this period where I lost my daggone mind. That you happens. Know, I did. I did because I was I grew up in such a strict home that the first sign of a little bit of freedom that came yes. with college, even though I still lived at home, I had gotten through high school. So my mother let up a little bit. Yeah. And when she let up a little, I let up a lot. And yeah. um, so I wasn't focused. I failed out at 18. And um, I didn't tell, but my mother never found out till I was in my 30s. She didn't because I would put on my backpack and go out every day like I was still going to class. And you know where I was going? To work. Because like I said, the wisest woman I knew had instilled in me, if you're not going to school, you're going to go to work. That's right. If you're not going to work, you're going to be doing something. You That's know, right. so so I went to work and um, I worked for a couple of years until I said, you know what? You're better than this. You go mm -hmm. back and finish what you started because it is something you want and value. And, it's, yeah. and so I went back to school and I, I did the unthinkable um, during that time. There wasn't a lot of women going away to school and taking their six-year-olds with them. So I actually relocated three hours away. I said, I came home one day. I said, mom, guess what? I got accepted into the University at Albany in Albany, New York. And she said, what? We don't know anybody in Albany. And you know, for New York City people, if they're only watching New York City people, if it's north of Westchester, it's upstate. You know, <laughs> right. like, so we don't know central New York, western New York, northern tier. We don't know any of that. We just yes, know yes. If it's north of the Bronx and Westchester is upstate. That's so right. I told my mother uh, I was going to University of Albany and I was taking my daughter with me and she was floored. Um, but she knew she couldn't stop me and she didn't really want to. So yes. so. I went away and that's how I had to get focused. I had learned that about myself. So that's why when I say that we have to learn ourselves, that's true. it is when we learn ourselves that we can make better choices. Yes. So one thing I had learned from failing, and I say this to people, particularly women all the time, failing at something does not make you a failure. And that that's is right. important to know. So failing at school that time taught me that for me to get it done, I needed to change my environment. So Amen. I did. Amen. So the doctorate in your name, Dr. Shay, yes. is for? The doctorate in law and policy. I had um, got a, mass, a, a bachelor's and a master's degree while I was still single. And then um, I said, I, I met my soulmate to fast forward. I met my soulmate, um, oh gosh, back in 2004. And um, a whirlwind dating romance, you know, um, babies. And uh, I went back to school, uh, more babies, because I had my one baby who was in college when my next one came along. So there are 20 years between my children and they're oh all biologically 20 years. So Beautiful. Uh, I, uh, I went back to school when the boys were five and six to earn my doctorate. And um and I had support because I, I picked the right dude who actually was very encouraging about me going on this journey. Yeah. It matters. And so today, I have a doctorate in law and policy from Northeastern University. Awesome. Congratulations, doctor. Thank you, doctor. So, so now you're an author as well as in your day to day. What, what, tell us about the work that you do day to day. 
Okay. So day to day, you know, I talk to people that I have, uh, I have my profession and then I have my vocation. So by profession, I am a vice president for advancement and external affairs at a community college. Um, and by vocation, I am the CEO, the chief encouragement officer. So I, I write, I, I write on the professional side for a global industry publication called Higher Ed Jobs. And so I'm one of their authors, um, but I also now am a published author by my own right. And um, my first book, Better Not Perfect. And I did say first book. And um, I do what some call coaching. I call career and life strategists. So mm. I, I work with women uh, executive or aspiring executives to who are looking to advance their careers and trying to find out how do I. Well, they're recovering perfectionists like myself. Yes. How do I, you know, um, maintain job, household, go back, get an advanced, you know, degree? How do I do all these things and and still keep it going and not fall apart? The one thing I didn't share, um, but it's it's on the back of the book, um, and, and so it's not a spoiler alert for the book. But in this suit of pursuit of perfection and trying to have it all and balance it all, I fell into addiction um, as a way of coping, as my coping mechanism to try to just keep it all, keep all these balls up in the air. Yes. And and um, I talk about it very openly in the book. And so I really also am, am very transparent and, and work with you know women executives and women aspiring executives. We talk about all these things. Awesome. That is the cherry on the pie because many, many people striving for this level of perfection will find themselves addicted to something or another. And it may not always be drugs, no. sex, shopping, stealing, all kinds of things to whatever it is that makes them high. I want to applaud you for your transparency. I want to thank you for this book, Better Not Perfect, From Hot Mess to Life Success, A Woman's Guide to Learning, Loving, and Being Herself Unapologetically. I know it's a must read because I met Dr. Shea. She's a fantastic writer. She wrote a beautiful article for Higher Ed that she just said, the Higher Ed website. Jobs. Jobs. Dot com and as a professor that comes to my email and I went stalking her. <laughs> she didn't have to stalk too hard. When I said Dr. LaJoyce is trying to reach me, I'll answer my call right back. <laughs> I want to thank you for being here. Thank you so much. You always have a seat at this table to come and share anything that you're doing. We welcome you. Thank you very much. And we can't wait to delve into your book. Everyone run out and get it. The link is down below. Thank you, Dr. Shea. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. And I want to thank all of you for being here with us today. I want to thank my team. IW supervising producer, Christopher Green, technical producer, and Chris Brown, announcer. And remember to let your eyes shine, cut back on the wine, get good food fast, and go easy on the greasy. Until next time, I'm Dr. LaJoyce Brookshire, here to help you attain and maintain your perfect health. Let's do it again next week, okay? God bless you.
Mean Old Lion Media, where black and brown voices truly matter. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply.